The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Ian Guider, columnist with the Business Post, is with us. And Ian, you haven't updated us for a while on the ownership of Manchester's lesser football club, United. What's going on there? I'm glad you got that dig in at United fans, dear Matt. Yes, tomorrow is the deadline for the latest rounds of bids. And in advance of that, Jim Ratcliffe, the British billionaire businessman who owns Ineos, who have already lodged a couple of bids for Man United. Well, it's been leaked to the British media that as part of their latest bid, that in addition to offering billions of pounds of cash to the Glazers, they'd also be prepared for the Glazer family to retain a stake in the club over the next while, so that Ineos and Jim Radcliffe, they would make an offer to buy over 50% of the club, and the Glazer family could retain a stake of 20% in the business. Now, that might be attractive to some members of the Glazer family. Some of them want to take advantage of the club's value and get a chunk of change out of it, but I think Joel and maybe Avram Glazer want to still be involved, that they've committed to it over the last number of years, and perhaps they'd like to still be involved at Old Trafford somehow so perhaps rather than selling out to the Qataris who want rid of all of these shareholders, this might be a way of getting in a lot of money for the club, a lot of money for the Glaciers and still have a say and influence over it. Now, I would imagine that will go down like a lead balloon amongst fans who have been protesting, not just this year, but for years now about getting rid of the Glaciers. I think as well, Matt, this is a sign that Jim Radcliffe sees that the Qataris have the money to outbid him, but perhaps he has the better way of making this bid make sense in which you get money and you get to stay around. Is it only two real bidders at this stage? I think so, yeah. There are proposals out there for some investment groups that they would refinance some of Manchester United's debt. That would allow the Glazers to take money out in a dividend, but it wouldn't give them the five or six billion pounds that they would like. This Finnish bidder who put in a crowdfunded, partially crowdfunded bid as well, I think he's fallen out of it. And I think the only people with the pockets big enough to buy Manchester United are Jim Radcliffe and the Qataris. So they will be the people battling it out. And whoever wins it, I think we're expecting whoever, the next couple of days there will be a preferred bidder announced and then they'll try and seal the deal before the summer transfer window opens later on this year. Ian, is Ireland headed for recession? No, Matt, that's the short answer, even though the official data by the CSO today shows the economy contracting. We have to put out, like every other country, a figure called gross domestic product, and that's the sum of all of the components of the Irish economy. And in January, February and March of this year, gross domestic product contracted by 2.7% compared to the last three months of 2022. But the government, Finance Minister Michael McGrath, putting out a statement today saying, if you actually measure the real Irish economy, GDP takes into account all of the multinationals, and it's very volatile because they can shift money on a balance sheet or on a computer somewhere, and it affects the figures. If you look at the real figure of modified domestic demand, the Irish economy is performing quite strongly. And he does say in this statement today that if you look at all the measures so far this year, the Irish economy is doing quite well. And if the cost of living inflation numbers come down further, people will have more money in their pockets, will start spending more, and that will lift the economy further. But it does just show you those headline numbers, Matt, they have an impact. And they also have an impact because of the size of the Irish economy on the overall EU economy. So if we are technically showing a contraction for the first quarter, it could tip the overall eurozone into a contraction.
But many companies have been complaining, and particularly small restaurants, cafes and others, about the cost of their energy bills, how much they've gone up over the last year, how difficult or different or difficult it is to afford them. So why is it that the government's special energy support scheme for businesses has been such an almighty flop? It has, Matt, and I think I've, I've written about this a couple of times in the Business Post, how bad it, the take-up of it has been. And today, the Department of Finance put out figures showing that the, at the end of March, around 30,000 businesses had registered with this scheme. It has a value of 1.2 billion euro, but so far, it has only approved about 81.5 million euro of payments. And of that 81 million, just over 70 million has actually been paid. And even since it was announced in the budget, the government have changed the terms of it. So you don't have to show that your bill went up by 50%. I think the threshold now is around 30%. They have increased the maximum payment you can get out of it to around 15,000. But still, it is not having the effect of getting that money, that 1.2 billion, into people's hands. I've spoken to accountants because many companies, Matt, are having to go to their auditor and their financial advisor to fill out the document. I'm told it's about 120 pages of information you have to submit to the revenue. So while a lot of people are signing up, what I'm told is a lot of, it's a lot of the bigger companies out there who are actually getting the payments because they have the staff in place that can sign up to this and spend the time over it. It was due to run out at the end of May, so what, about six, five, six weeks away? Uh, the government could extend it again. I, I don't think there's any much point to it. I think if they're going to spend that money, man, if they've got $1.2 billion to help small companies out there, there's better ways of doing it. Briefly, tell us about the results from two of Ireland's biggest companies on the stock market. Starting with Delata, the hotel group, have the, the worst of COVID over at this stage? Worst of COVID is over, Matt, and it is boom times for Delata, the owner of 50 hotels on the Maldron and Clayton brands, told shareholders today that at the start of the year, in January and February, the amount of money they were getting per room in their chain was up by 19% on the rates they were charged in 2019 it's actually gotten even better for them in in february march and april the rates are now 28 percent higher than pre-covid levels and they're saying that they're very optimistic for the summer because international travel is back there's business conferences back there's still domestic tourism i think one of the reasons matt why hotel room prices are so much higher and the likes of delata are benefiting is there are so many rooms out there that are rented out to the government to house ukrainian refugees so there is a shortage of hotel rooms in the country right now and if you are the biggest owner of rooms you are benefiting but what a, what an increase matt 28 percent above 2019 levels. I don't think there are many businesses out there seeing that type of, reco- type of recovery. And briefly, what about the Kerry Group? Yeah, Kerry Group revenues up by around 10% so far this year, the company told shareholders today. Interesting, Matt, most of that increase is down to the fact that it put up prices. Sales volumes are actually pretty flat and most of their business in Ireland, Matt, where they do own the Dairy Gold brand and many other things, that has, incre- that has increased its prices quite a lot, but the volume of sales actually down. Thank you very much, Ian Guider from the Business Post. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.